Well, welcome to another podcast here with Steve and Eddie. We are very glad that you're with us today. And Eddie, it's good to see your mug here and your face too. It's good to be seen. Always <laughs> good to be seen. You got a mug of coffee there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a good Harley Davidson mug that uh, is nice and filled up with coffee. But he's been he's been uh, he's been nursing it for a while, so maybe it's gone. It's so. about gone now. Okay. So. so, well, it's good to have you here with us, and uh, we're excited about. Uh, the information that we're going to be talking about today, and uh, we're glad that that you've uh, clicked the link and, and listened today. Eddie, do we have anything coming up in this? Yesterday was the first day of fall. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. What is that? How does that make you feel? Well, my it it draws my attention and my thoughts to my lovely wife Diana. That fall is her favorite time of the year, and. Uh, We'll be married 50 years in October, so uh, no that's kidding. what I'm thinking about. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a bum deal in a sense. Uh, we really don't know what to do on our 50th because of COVID and travel and on and on and mm. on. So mm. if any of you listeners out there have a brilliant idea on what we can do <laughs> on, on our 50th, uh, let me know, please. Antarctica. So if anybody's got a pri- <laughs> private jet, they can fly us somewhere. That would be okay as well. But I tell you, really... Uh, if I could pick anywhere to go, it'd probably be back to Hawaii. We, we got oh, to go yeah. there once. Man, oh man, I love that. Because <laughs> I, I don't know if it, if people's been there, they know what I'm talking about. Mm. We was on the island of Kauai, and we go to beaches. We're the only people because wow. the whole island is a beach. Wow, you can go anywhere. It's all beach, you know, so to speak. And you might see a few people, but man, oh man, it was just out of this world, actually. Wow, that's great. I think maybe. Uh, I hope there's a beach in heaven. So, <laughs> I know the river of life flows through there. I hope it's got sandy banks. Yeah. So uh, anyhow, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent, but well, that's neat. Uh, yeah, the fall uh, that that would definitely bring that to to mind uh, as you begin to think about fall and 50 years. Congratulations, yeah. that's fantastic. Thank you. And those out there that know me are thinking right now, man, how could she put up with that guy for 50 years? How did this happen? 50 stinking <laughs> years. That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's awesome, and God has led the way. Uh, that is for sure, and and you both have been obedient in how you have listened to His His voice throughout those years, and um, and that's why you're sitting here today. And, well, and, and talking and, about and the immortal words of Billy Graham: uh, "Dines never thought about divorce, but murder was a weekly option." So <laughs> <laughs> Billy said that about Ruth one time. That was pretty funny. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's good stuff, and we are we are grateful um, to be involved. Speaking of uh, wedding anniversaries, we were just before this podcast talking about uh, weddings that are coming up that we're both officiating, um, and the fall has a tendency to to have some weddings. Seems and, like it, yeah. yeah. To, especially, I think this year, uh, COVID really kind of twisted some things around. Couldn't have a lot of people in. Couldn't. Usually May and June's big wedding mm-hmm. months, but this year it's fall. Yeah, and so yeah, it's so. it's I think because of COVID and, and the whole quarantine has pushed back some things. So uh, we're excited to be a part of those and and uh, these young lives that are starting together. And so good stuff. And you know, speaking of that, when you hear of someone getting married, just take a take a little extra time to pray for them. Um, when you think of them or you think about their marriage or their wedding, um, because it's so important as they begin this uh, journey together 
that the that the structure the foundation is in the Lord Jesus Christ and that he would guide their way so anyway just a little side note and um, so without further ado how about let's just get right into this and right. and uh, I'll have a word of prayer Heavenly Father we are grateful that you are on the throne we are grateful that you are the king of kings we are grateful that you are the God who loves and shares just such an amazing grace actually not just shares it but just lavishes us with your love and grace thank you lord for allowing us to be here to uh, do what we're doing to spread your word to give hope through jesus christ and i pray that that would be the words that are heard today that not our words of wisdom but all from you Yes, we're going to have opinions, we're going to have things that we're going to talk about, but Lord, may it shine, may we reflect you, and we ask Holy Spirit that you'd be a part of this whole yes, podcast. God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Well, well I think uh, the title of the message last Sunday was Who's in Charge Around Here? I started out talking about Napoleon, uh, about in his arrogance, uh, he was asked... Uh, if God was on the side of France, and he replied, God is on the side with the heaviest artillery. And like I said, then comes Sunday, June 18th, 1815, in Belgium, at a place called Waterloo, and he lost his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Lost his, he, he lost everything. Um, and this is what he said. His, his, after that, he acknowledged, man proposes and God disposes. Meaning, we can, we can plan, we can say this, that, and the other, but God is the one, ultimately... And he has moved people around since the beginning of time that didn't even know it. He has moved people like pawns in the whole scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then Dylan's song about God is on our side. A lot of nations believe that. Yeah. Every Muslim in the world believes that God's on their side. Mm. And I can go on and on on that. But the the question is, especially I think in the in the in the minds of unbelievers. They hear this, that we say God's on the throne, God's in charge, God this, God that. But then they all say, well, why is the world in such a mess if God's in charge? Right. Well, and then it, then I tried to explain that Sunday. It's because God took the biggest, the biggest risk and gave his created beings, humans, angels, on and on, free choice, free will. Right. And we don't always choose right. Right. And God is not a dictator. He doesn't make people do things. Sure. And that's the whole point behind it. And I think a lot of people try to, they're hard to connect those dots. I tell you, if you, if you want to glance at a world where God's in charge, read, read future prophecy about what it'll be like the millennium. Now, God's in charge mm-hmm. during the millennium. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's the different thing because Satan is bound and, and he even gave him Satan choice. It's like Satan comes to people now or sends his minions, his demons, to bother people. They can't make us do anything. It, it comes down to the heart and the choice. We're free will. We can do what we want. God will not stop us. He'll allow us to go ahead and, and do that, which is, uh, that's an amazing thing. You know, and I get, you know, you get tired of people blaming God for stuff. But if God was a dictator, we wouldn't like that either. Yeah. If God followed, sent an angel with a big club or 
whatever, a whip to follow us around every time we got out of line, man, I'd be scars all over. I got scars on me now, but nothing like that would be. You well, can know? we, can we, uh, can I just push a pause button and kind of go backwards a little bit in what you've said something as we started off? Uh, as you said, uh, who's in charge around here? Um, you'd mentioned the Muslims. I think sometimes we that might understand a little bit more uh, would take it for granted a little bit. But for our listeners, why would why would the Muslims say that? Well, our well, God is in charge. God, our God, our, our Allah, God, Allah. And here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk a little bit. Where? Um, let me ask you this question: uh, the Muslim, where? We, we hear about, uh, over in the Middle East, we hear the Abraham Accord come together. Now, why is that significant? Because the, for the first five books of the Bible, we line up with the Muslims. Mm-hmm. Abraham was our father. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is our prophet, where mm-hmm. Muhammad was theirs. Yeah. That is the difference. Mm-hmm. That is, that's where it splits. Mm-hmm. Now, and it's a big split. Oh, my. <laughs> I would say... The majority, and I'm speaking out of turn here, and I don't know this for sure, so don't quote me on this, but here I am saying it out over the airwaves, but uh, they would believe Jesus existed, mm-hmm. but he was just a teacher. He wasn't right. near they, yes, on the plane agree that with Muhammad, or if, even, it would be blasphemy to say that he was God. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, he was like a prophet or a, or a teacher, as you said. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too. But one thing about the Muslim faith, and I hate to say this, but they're a lot of times more dedicated. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll put down a mat and five times a day. They'll pray toward mm-hmm. Mecca regardless of where they're at. I've seen them pray on airplanes. Mm-hmm. They are dedicated <laughs> to that. Um, but our God's Jehovah, mm-hmm. God Almighty. Jesus Christ was God with skin on. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. That's we draw the line on that, but what I'm saying is in people's minds, they believe that God's on their side, but God doesn't take sides. Mm-hmm. Right. We have to go to his side. Mm-hmm. He don't come on. We, we have to go on his side. There's mm-hmm. only one side, and that's God's side. And see, that, that leads us right into political, right? Exactly right. Uh, it, it, it does. The political the here in, in the States. But it's, it's and, and I just mentioned briefly Nebuchadnezzar. And, and Job, Nebuchadnezzar, and the fact that he was bragging on what he did, and God said, "Hey, brother, <laughs> you better you better back up a little bit." So, and then for seven years he lived like an animal, mm-hmm. crawling around, eating grass, and after seven years he finally come to his senses. Wow! And then with Job, I just I was in the last thirty chapter thirty eight through forty two in Job of how. Job had lost everything, and his, uh, he was just down to nothing, just sitting in dust and ashes, scraping him big boils on him. And, you know, oh, man, it was, an, it was just a bad gig. So finally he, he questions God. Not that he lost his faith. He just said, man, you know, in a sense, what's going on here? And then God, God comes back and said, Job, where was you when I made this earth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> where were you when I made man? And and then Job finally said, "In my ignorance, I'm sorry, Lord. I won't. I believe in you, and I understand." And then God went ahead and blessed him, and blessed him, and blessed him like tenfold. 
So this week, how to grow through loss, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through some of the things that uh, Job lost and how we can grow through loss. Um, but I, in closing that message down at the end, I, I, I read a quote from um, A.W. Tozer, which, which made so much sense to me. He was trying to, trying to understand and grasp the whole concept of the sovereignty of God. And he likened it to an ocean liner that was going from New York to Liverpool, England. And on the ship, it was heading toward England, but all the people on board were, had free will to do what they wanted. They, they weren't made to go to their cabin. They weren't made to show up on a certain deck. They could, that was that, and he tried to bring that down. That made sense to me. He said, God moves undisturbed and unhindered toward the fulfillment of those eternal purposes which he purposed in Christ Jesus before the world began. We do not know all that is included in those purposes, but enough has been disclosed to furnish us with a broad outline of things to come and to give us good hope and firm assurance of future well-being. So even though they were on that ship and could come and go, the ship was heading in the right, in that direction, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And then, you know... Um, why should we care about this? This is the kind of this with the culmination of that message. Why do we care about God's sovereignty? Job answers those questions in chapter 42. Great answer, too. He said, First, God's sovereignty relieves us from anxiety. Right. Verse 2 We don't have to worry. Right. If we worry and stay up late, that's on us. Mm -hmm. That's not coming from God because mm -hmm. God says we don't have to. Let him ha let him handle it. Let him have it. And I know that's a lot easier to say than than uh, well, it, it doing. is. It is especially as people hear this, they they think, well, yeah, Eddie, I you know I believe in in a great God that covers me, but why do I get so anxious? Why yeah. do I get so worrisome? Why do I allow these things to happen? We've talked about in the past podcasts about some of these very things and. And it does take an exercise of our oh our will or where we've trained our brains to go. And we need to retrain through constant uh, constant effort. Mm -hmm. Through says, God, I know and I want to. And here's a, here's a key. Thank him. Thank him for the unknown. Mm -hmm. Thank him for that thing that you are worried about. That's a huge thing. His ears perk open. Yeah. His heart is... Because what happens is you as his servant are saying, I'm thanking you, God, beyond my, my understanding, and I thank you for your sovereignty and your, the, the fact that I understand that you are God of all. And what it does, it helps to retrain how we think. Mm -hmm. That, and I know a lot of people will go to the Psalms. I've heard yeah, a lot of people say scripture. that in the middle, middle of the night when they are... are woke up from something that's bothering them, they go to the Psalms and it calms them. Yeah, that's the first thing. God's sovereignty relieves us from anxiety, Job 42, 2. And then second, it frees us from needing an explanation, verses 3 and 4. God doesn't have to explain himself to us. No, he does not. And the, the, the more we can grasp that, the better off we'll be. Because, he, you know, as we study in the Scriptures, as we are, are in the Scriptures, he does explain himself. Through, through years uh, since the beginning of time, he explains himself. 
Now, we, we might scratch our head at our current situations and, and, and try to say, well, what in the world are you doing through this? Mm-hmm. And yet he is God. And as we thank him for being God, as we trust him, as we look in the scriptures, as we find his faithfulness, then he is, we are able to, to be gathered by his loving arms mm-hmm. and say, I am, trust me, I am your God. And I am here to be forever with you. And you mm-hmm. are to worship Amen. me in, in this relationship right. that we've got. And then finally, it keeps us from pride, verses 5 and 6. Keeps us humble. Job 40, chapter 42, verse 2 goes like this. I know you can do anything and no one can stop you. Then hmm. he goes on to say, you ask, who is that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I and I was talking about things I did not understand, things far too wonderful for me. And you said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. And I heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said, and I sit in dust and ashes hmm. to show my repentance. Hmm. You know, we, we were talking a little bit about marriage before uh, we got into the thick of this, and we were talking... I've been in some premarital class uh, uh, counseling with some of the folks that that I'll be um, doing the ceremony with, as you have done that as well here recently. And you know, I, I think one of the things that I highlight for the men, especially, is um, sometimes when um, pride gets in the way, especially for us men, we like to throw up a big, nice wall of pride. Uh, it's hard to hurdle that sucker. And mm-hmm. and it causes us to go into a um, a crazy cycle, so to speak, um, argument and the different things. And we don't want to let go of that pride and that humbleness. It it's all developed around the fact that that we as self, we self or our, ourselves, we we have this urgency to go through life on a regular basis, the day in, day out. I've got things to take care of. And uh, not just men, but men and women both have the pride issue in the which that says, I've got my plans. I'm making mm-hmm. them for today. I've got a schedule to keep. I'm, I've got to drop off the kids. I've got to make, you know, whatever the case may be, go to work, etc., etc. And we find in the busyness, we get so, so, our hands are so much into that 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 we that we don't have a we don't have a room in our mind to think that um, unless we've allowed ourselves to get into this habit, we don't have a, a place where we allow God to be over that schedule, mm-hmm. over those plans. Well, we're making plans. We don't think about asking about God. Where I I'm. I want to remove those plans to make sure that you're, they're your plans mm-hmm. in the little and big. But if we continue that habit and as we continue to work on those things in our, in our lives, Lord, the big and the small, is this what you, what you would have me do? Is this where you're using me? Is this where you're using our family to be a light into this world? Mm-hmm. This is a very interesting concept because all of a sudden then it becomes and it recognizes the sovereignty of God. Yeah. Lord, I, my plans, I want my will to be your will. I want uh, these things. And so it's, it's a, it's an, um, through the day process, right? 
you know, something that we, we turn over in our minds. And it will definitely be something that is be challenging you, you know, each of us for sure. Yeah, sovereignty of God. That's awesome. Well, the next uh, come this coming Sunday is how to grow through loss. Um, the intro to that, I'm I'm showing a clip from a movie called Bridge to Terabithia, about a little boy and a girl that created this kingdom, and and she dies, and uh, how he has, how he has to cope with that, and you know most of us have lost people and if you haven't you will and they a lot of these losses we don't ever get over them but you have to learn to live with them yeah i've never told anybody that's lost somebody the grave to get over it mm -hmm. i know there are some people say say that's pretty harsh but uh or even the words you will get over it because I, it's no, just won't. like you know that's no. that's the thing right you you, you, the, you can't even you don't even want to go. You don't no. do that. You, you just share care because and love. <laughs> in that instance, down the road as you work through grief, it might take you your whole life to work through the seven stages of grief or how many steps you think there are. Mm -hmm. But and just out of the blue, a song, a picture, a memory comes and boom, knocks that scab off, and you start to bleed again. Yeah, the only way we can even come close to any kind of healing is through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, he's got different names. We that, we talked about that men's group this morning, how a lot of people don't even mention the Holy Spirit, but he's... How can they not? I mean, it's just, but he's, just, he, he's, he's part of the Trinity. Mm. And that's, a bit, that's been a tough thing to try to understand the Trinity. Um, a couple of illustrations that help has helped me is... If you hold up an egg, it's shell, white, and yolk, three in one, still an mm -hmm. egg. Same with water, with steam, and with ice, and with liquid. Mm -hmm. It's still, that, that helped me a little bit. Mm -hmm. But they're all three, you know, part of the, part of the Godhead, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But I, I like the, the concept of Holy Spirit as comforter, that he comes to us and uh, touches our hearts. And... Uh, God the Father created everything. Jesus was there. The Holy Spirit was there. God with skin on comes to earth, goes back to heaven, sits down at the right hand of the Father, waiting for the Lord God Almighty to say, go get my kids and bring them home. And then the third part is the Holy Spirit, that he was sent to earth and came on the day of Pentecost to dwell within us, to give us guidance and direction. Mm -hmm. God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, all his power is what works in us. Uh, today, if that makes any sense. But there's three key facts about experiencing loss. And the first one was the categories of loss. Um, first is the loss of significant individuals, that is, somebody that's close to you. Second is the loss of personal necessities or benefits. You know, during this pandemic, some people really struggle financially. They've lost. There's a sense of loss mm -hmm. there. Um, and then the second key is our reactions to loss. And uh, and then thirdly, pers our perspective on loss. What you know, kind of what we what we think about it. And then then I, I go in. and We talk about Job, what he had and what he lost, and it, it and how it happened and how he reacted. Uh, we can't grasp what he lost mm -mm. all in the same day. Mm -mm. I yeah, mean it's, everything. It, it's it's. I mean it's beyond. I'm not going to go through that now. We'll do that Sunday. But yeah. 
But that's, uh, and then there's some lessons we can learn from Job, who was a seasoned sufferer. Number one, our major goal in life is not to be happy or satisfied, but to glorify God. Now, that's hard to grasp. Why am I here? Why, why am I on this earth? Why am I still breathing? My main goal in life isn't to be happy and satisfied. Those are byproducts, but to glorify God. If I'm obedient and glorify God, I'll be happy and satisfied. Yeah, that's right. So that makes sense. And even then, even within our loss, even within, our, and that's what you're what you're getting at. Yeah, in his book, Effective Biblical Counseling, Larry Crabb points out that many of us place our top priorities not on becoming Christ-like in the middle of our problems, but on finding happiness. Hmm. I must firmly and consciously, by an act of my will, reject the goal of becoming happy and adopt the goal of becoming more like the Lord. The result will be happiness for me as I learn to dwell at God's right hand in fellowship with Christ. That's where true happiness is found. But man, we're so off base sometimes on this earth that we we put happiness in possessions and things like that. That second one, a second lesson is the path of obedience is marked by times of loss and suffering. It, it just is. Paul told Timothy, yes, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Mm -hmm. Persecution now, today, is a little different than it was. Not in some parts of the world. People no. still losing their lives, right. property, and everything else because they believe in Jesus. But, but here, we're going to suffer loss. Um, and we are going to suffer whether we like it or not. And we have to embrace it. Hebrews 5.8 says, although he was a son... He learned obedience from the things which he suffered, talking about Jesus. And in the third lesson, what is considered loss now often leads to gain later. The purpose of Job's losses was not simply so that the Lord could come back later and give him great blessing, even though it was done. The greatest gain for Job, as for all of who suffer a loss and continue trusting God, was in glorifying God and knowing him even more deeply than before. He's mm -hmm. getting to know God more and more. Right. And of course, the whole thing that's bizarre in this whole story of Job is that Satan has access to God in heaven. He just showed up one day, and that's when he was taunting God and said, look at, look at your servant Job there. Look what you give him. Man, he's rich. He's got all them kids. He's got it made. He said, let, let me have him for a while, <laughs> and he'll change his tune. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always say tongue-in-cheek. I tell God, don't brag on Eddie. <laughs> don't be bragging on me. Because I don't want Satan to say, hey, let me, ha let me have Eddie for a while. We'll see. You know, that's the whole point. It's kind of, you know, it's not funny. But, you know, you in that whole thought process, when you think about the power of the devil, that greater is he that is in me, which is the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, and me is greater than he that's in this world, which is Satan. Mm -hmm. I have power over him. But... Um, Nonetheless, we, we do have power over Satan, but he that's a that's a that's hard for me to grasp that he can that he still has access to God. Well, some some say that in yeah. that I don't know. I it, can't say that now. No, no, I, you know, and I wouldn't say that either. I I think that um, it's it's very interesting that you bring up um, something in my mind that as as you're talking about this that we we think back. Um, as we read the scriptures in the New Testament about when Jesus was here on earth, we we think about when he went to, and maybe maybe I need to be corrected 
And so let's let's work through this just a little bit without looking into the scriptures. But there was a time when the disciples could not um, exercise a demon. Okay, you remember that? Yeah, it was because of their loss of their, their lack of faith. Well, a lack of faith, but in that midst, the one that I'm listening, is that the one where the demons beat them up? Yeah, and they said, <laughs> "We know Paul." And we know Jesus. And we we know don't Jesus. know you. <laughs> we don't know you. Now you think about that. Yeah, if the sons of some, yeah, that's it. Yeah, the oh, sons of my goodness. Uh, I don't remember now. It's been a while since. I've okay, so in thinking about that, this is why I bring it up. What is where is our relationship and what we have been talking about in the sovereignty of God? If we if we know Jesus, mm-hmm. we know. Our relationship is something that is not only it's growing in with, with Jesus, it's also growing in the sovereignty and the understanding of the holiness of God, and yeah. it's sanctifying us. So, therefore, these are the things in which that would be a determination between uh, the spirits of the air or, or the right, the demons. Yeah. That that would say. That is someone that knows Jesus. I want to be known. As someone that knows Jesus. Yeah. Amen. That, yep. Not because of power to exercise demons, but the but the understanding that that because it's not my power. <laughs> it's not yeah. my power, but it's because of the understanding that Jesus resides on the throne of my life. Amen. That's, that's, that's huge. 1914, the sons of Sceva. Sceva. Huh. I couldn't remember. It was Sceva. Yeah, you want to read that just to kind of bring clarity to that? I will find it here. New Living Translation. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They asked him. No, they replied. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And then what baptism did you experience? And they replied, the baptism of John. That that was that is that is uh, Acts nineteen. And I'm going to go down. I'm going to scroll down. That was the first few verses. And then he talks about the. Uh, well, it's. I thought that was in there. He talks about Demetrius. Let me look here, Steve. Okay. That's no problem. As the listeners are listening, they can yeah, grab their Bible. I hate to keep them. No, no, no. It's all good. So, okay, 19. starting in verse 13. Okay. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Yeah. They were trying to do it in their own power instead of under the power of Christ. They didn't know Jesus. Even the sons of Sceva didn't know him. Right. That was the point. 
So that's when you confront evil, you better be. <laughs> yeah, you see, ought to have all your spiritual ducks in a row. And that causes humbleness, doesn't it? I mean, you they were coming out of this pride of like, well, we, okay, you know, we're going to take care of you. In the name of Jesus, you know, that's well, what we've been taught or whatever, you know, the or the name of the one that Paul knows or whatever, right? It's kind of like a leap of faith. Yeah. In a sense. Right? Some of these people going the around doing evangelistic work aren't always where they need to be with God. They're doing it for money. That's part of the problem. But anyhow. Yeah. Well, so that that is a great way to to wrap this up as we have thought through who is in charge. That's a that's that's capitalizing that or capping that, and then coming into this one that's coming up, um, that will be coming up. Uh, um, how to grow through loss. How, thank you. Sorry about that. How I looked at the wrong paper loss. as I was yeah. beginning to say that. How to grow through the loss, and how how we are to humble ourselves to His sovereignty and to His authority, mm-hmm. and understanding that that in the Trinity that we have um, uh, so much to gain by the obedience in which we have to give our lives over to him mm-hmm. and um some people would think oh well you're just submitting to the authority of god boy you are just giving up everything no you're gaining everything amen yep yeah well pastor why don't you pray us out as we wrap this up lord we love you and i thank you for loving us and your love is beyond anything we can grasp in our our minds actually and we know you're on the throne, Lord. For, for us individually, it's most important that you're on the throne of our hearts. Mm-hmm. That you're, we know that regardless of what happens, because we're your children, it's going to be all right. It might be painful, might hurt a while, but that's part of life, and we understand that. But in all this, that you might get glory. As we think about loss, Lord, as well, that we don't understand it, but it's part of the human condition. And if we want to blame somebody, we can go clear back to the garden and blame Adam and Eve. They're the ones who brought all this on us in a sense, but it was part of the plan. So I just ask that you bless these folks today, Lord, and uh, just just keep reminding us how much you love us and how much you want to guide and direct our lives, Holy Spirit, and we thank you for that. Thanks again for this time. I just ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, thanks for joining me here today. And um, as we do have a chance to start to enjoy this fall weather as the weather begins to cool that uh, we'll have a have a chance to continue to oh um, embrace the time that god has allowing us to to have together we are back at um services right now so you have a choice to either stay at home and watch us online or to come in um and we are we're watching the protocol and, and protecting one another as we wear masks but um, as you come on in and having a choice is then where you where you sit uh, you can you can take off your mask we've we've seen a lot of people just leave them on and yeah. that's fine absolutely we just want you to be comfortable but at the same time we want to encourage you whether it is online or with us in-house that you, that you join in on the community of believers. Amen. It's so such a strengthening factor to to the weeks in and and out of each day or each each um, each week. So, thank you for joining us today. God bless you, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. Bye bye.